Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever you are, this is the Interpreter's Workshop Podcast. I'm Tim Curry, your host. Here we talk everything sign language interpreting. The ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the sideways of interpreting. If you're a student, a new interpreter, experienced interpreter, this is the place for you. If you want to know more, go to interpretersworkshop.com. Let's start talking interpreting. And now, the quote of the day by American author Melody Beatty. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. In this episode, Joni Bice takes us back to the early days of the profession in the U.S. again. Joni gives us some insight about how experienced interpreters can continue ongoing education. We look at how expectations for clients and interpreters have changed over the years. She talks about a few sticky situations and gives us some words of wisdom, one of which is her comment about gratitude. She thinks her comment about gratitude is cheesy, something that is cheap or a weak joke. But I believe it's far from that. Listen carefully to it and see how profound it really is. And as always with Joni, we do a little bit of laughing as well. So laugh with us in this episode. Let's get started. Being a teacher for so long and an interpreter, what would your advice be for the experienced interpreters who are looking for a way to get ongoing education that actually matches their experience level? Boy, that's hard. It's a real challenge, I think, um, because most of the workshops that you see being off, well, I shouldn't say that. I haven't looked in depth at the ones that are being offered right now, but a lot of them are offered for people who are new, mm-hmm. you know, because the three-year program or the four-year program that you take with your interpreting can't cover everything. Yeah. Even in three or four years, you can't cover everything. So there mm-hmm. are more and more workshops that you want to attend to continue learning, of course. But when you've been doing this for 20 years, mm-hmm. that continuing education becomes more of a challenge. It's still a need. It's a very great need because we we just keep learning all the time. But I think that when you're more experienced, you end up being a little pickier. Yeah. About what you want to what you want to spend your time learning. Mm-hmm. Every now and then there's that moment where you just want to pick up a workshop so you can get your, you know, renew your certificate. But I think that most people want to really learn something mm-hmm. as they're earning that CEU. Mm-hmm. And so you really have to be on the lookout for those things that are interesting. And there are a lot of things out there webinars and things that you can do online now there's some really interesting things that people are doing and we just as experienced interpreters need to look for those things that we can really enjoy and challenge ourselves to do that rather than well what what can I do that's real easy you don't want to do that because then it's no fun yeah find something that is going to be a challenge and that that will challenge your thinking and help you to to continue to grow because you just 
can't just stay on the same old level. You need to just always continue to want to grow. Yeah. Did that answer that question? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) What was the question again? (laughs) Oh, I forgot. Um. (laughs) Something about learning. Yeah, that's a difficult one. The more experienced you are, how do you learn? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I run into interpreters who are just like, I don't need to go to any workshops. I've been doing this forever. Mm -hmm. And that is so sad to me to ever hear anybody say something like that, because, my goodness, there's just always something you can learn. Mm -hmm. I mean, just from every interpreting experience, if you took the time to sit and think about what you just interpreted, you can always come up with something that you need to work on, something that you learn. Yep. Some of us who have been doing it quite a while can learn from the new ones, like, oh, you use this, 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 and this. Oh, yeah. so you have an app for that. I see. Mm. You saying that reminds me, I don't know if you've heard of Lillian Beard. Is that mm-hmm. name familiar? Yeah, 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 yeah. She, um, we had a conference one time in Texas and, there was a friend of mine that was going to teach a workshop and Lillian wanted to go into that workshop. And so she, she walked in the door and right when she did, someone called her back out into the hallway and the person who was going to be the instructor in that workshop, she Mm -hmm. could hear her say, Oh goodness. I'm so glad she's not staying in here. Oh, And Lillian was just crushed. She said, people don't understand. I learn so much from new people, people who are new in the field. I always get a fresh perspective. I just enjoy it so much. I hate that she didn't want me to be in there. Yeah. And that just really hit me when she said that. I thought, you're right. We always, always are learning. And she was a great example of that. Yeah. Can you introduce her a little bit more? Lillian, yes, she was an interpreter in Texas, in Houston. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the founding members of RID and very active in Texas interpreting. Just a real mentor for a lot of people in Texas. Yeah. She was a wonderful person. After you became, quote, professional interpreter, Mm -hmm. being paid and so forth, when was the point when you were interpreting and you thought, ooh, this is not as easy as I thought it would be? (laughs) Well, that came pretty early on. (laughs) (laughs) I I was one of those people who was like, oh, I can do that. Sure, I can do that. I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> and when, uh, you know, I told you about the little sign language class that we had at church, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for people, for those of us who stayed with it, Jan would let us practice interpreting. Mm-hmm. Poor deaf people, bless their hearts. <laughs> so sweet, so kind. She would let us practice on Wednesday nights because there was just a brief Bible study. And it wasn't like a Sunday morning service. It was, you know, more low key. And it was like prayer requests and then a short devotional kind of message. And she wasn't going to be able to interpret. I think she was pregnant at the time or something. So she couldn't stand real long 
that point. That would you like to try interpreting on Wednesday night? And I was like, well, sure, I can do that. <laughs> Why? Why I thought I could? I don't know. Yeah. But I listened to them talk, and I'd listen to about a paragraph, and then sign a sentence, and then listen to a little bit more, and then sign a sentence. And in this story, there was something about these people that had wanted a child so desperately, and they finally had a baby. And I'm like, oh. They had a baby. It was wonderful. You know, well, somewhere in there, I missed that the baby died. Oh. And I'm still like, la, 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 la. This is so great. And finally, Jan got my attention. She went, baby died. She signed it to me that the baby had died. And I was like, oh, the baby died. Just added that in. Oh, by the way. <laughs> I mean, bless their hearts. What they had to sit through mm-hmm. to get some of us ready to interpret was amazing. But yeah, after that, I was like, whoa, that wasn't what I thought it would be, you know, but it was good to be thrown out there like that. I mean, yeah, again, not good for the deaf people, but yeah, a really good experience to know that it's not easy. It's not just learning some signs and throwing them out there. You actually have to think, you have to process and whew, a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah. Later in your career, did you still have moments where it was like, oh, oh, I should not be here? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a legal situation that probably about 10 or 15 minutes in, I thought they need somebody more. They need need somebody who's more experienced. They need somebody who isn't going to be upset with this information. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, there are some situations you get into in the actual topic kind of went a place you didn't know it was going to go. And you're just like, oh, I've got to somehow remain and composed and neutral, somehow get through this. And that becomes a real difficult thing. It makes the job exhausting Yeah, when you're having to work so hard with all of those things to suppress your feelings about this situation because that can't come into play. Mm-hmm. That's when it's really hard. Yeah. Because you, you walk out of that kind of situation just totally wiped out. Because sometimes it's not just about the words or the message. It's everything else that surrounds that. How did you handle situations like that afterwards? Afterwards, doing a little debrief, you know, um, telling myself that I'll never get in that situation again <laughs> is somewhat relieving you know to know that i have i have a choice to not do that type of thing again is really helpful yeah taking a walk eating a bowl of ice cream (laughs) bowl of ice cream yeah Mm. that's always helpful i was i went into one situation and of course probably nowadays it would be very difficult to do this Mm -hmm. but i went into a situation that wasn't described to me as what it really was. Fortunately, I got there early. And when I went in and realized this is something I really can't do, I called people who had called me and said, I can't do this. Do you think you can find somebody else? I'll stay until you can send somebody. But And they did. They were able to find somebody who could take that on a, that moment's notice and come in and I could leave. Yeah. But yeah, there are those moments that, You go, hey, nobody told me it was going to be this. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that's probably why they didn't tell me, because they knew it wouldn't go if they told me. Ah, a big thank you to everyone who shares this podcast with a colleague and friend. If you want to support the show even more, check out the show notes for links to buy me a coffee, because it's very embarrassing to fall asleep during an interview. Thank you. Let's go back. Comparing the earlier days around the Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like that sometimes. It does, oh, doesn't it? God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When my daughter says, Daddy, what what was it like to see the dinosaurs? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, seriously, great. really? I thought that was just a joke that people made, but kids actually ask those things. <laughs> yep, they do. They <laughs> do. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> so back in the old, old days. Yeah. Were there different expectations back then from the clients in the situation, hearing and deaf, compared to now? I think so. Um, back in the old days, deaf people didn't always have interpreters. And so when they had one, they were usually very, very thankful. They were just so thrilled to be able to be a part of whatever it was mm -hmm. and to have, you know, good communication access. They were just, so thankful that you were there yeah you know and i think now we've got a lot of younger deaf people who are like you should be here yeah you're getting paid for goodness sake you know and <laughs> and it, it's a, a little bit different attitude i still see them being thankful or glad mm -hmm. you know appreciative that that someone is there mm -hmm. because they've experienced times where they showed up and an interpreter didn't. So they do know that that exists, mm -hmm. but I think they're, um, they definitely have higher expectations, you know, and they, and, and they should, yeah, they should have higher expectations. They should have a qualified skilled interpreter for anything that they go to. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's not a bad thing that they have that, but it is, it is different. You know, where in the old days, they would have been like, oh, yay, you can sign. I mean, I interpreted, again, 50 years ago yeah. for a little finance class. And I was, you know, 20, maybe. I had no idea about finances. I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of, I felt like I'm just throwing my hands around. I don't know, mm -hmm. trying to get some sense out of it. And after it was over, the deaf man who bothered to say anything to me said, well, that was better than nothing. Oh. <laughs> and I was happy to hear that. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Here's nothing, and I'm just a little bit higher little than bit nothing. Than that. And I'm okay with that, because I knew it was bad. <laughs> uh, I guess um, interpreter expectations have changed as well. <laughs> Well, that was better than nothing. You know, usually we got nothing. So. <laughs> Bless their hearts. And of course, now we tell people sometimes nothing is better than bad, you know? Yes, that's right. Now it's time for word association. I'll okay. give you a word or a phrase and then... You give me whatever comes to your mind, whether it's a story, a concept, uh, another phrase, or another word. Okay. So, okay. first word, comfort food. 
Macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese. Yeah, that's always good. <laughs> Chicken fried steak, spaghetti. <laughs> the list goes on and on. <laughs> I could go on. <laughs> okay. Next word, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. When little children hurt. Yep. That's never good for parents. Even no. when we just think about it. That's right. Okay. Next, pet peeve. Oh, pet peeve. Wow. It's funny, I can't think of one right offhand. Well, that's good. I guess so. Think of your husband. <laughs> a messy garage. A messy garage. <laughs> full of junk. Full of junk, and I can't put my car oh. in it. <laughs> wow, that went fast. Good trigger there. <laughs> I won't have him listen no, to this. No, of course not. I'll send him a link. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, next. Confusing. Our world today, very confusing. Like we were talking about earlier, how people can just be so mm -hmm. mean online, talking to each other, yeah. and why in the world? I don't get it. People skills. People skills. Exactly. Okay. Next, ethics. So important. Vital. Vital that we have them, that we have correct ethical standards. Okay. Next, community. A joyous thing when you have community. Joyous, yeah. Next, interpreting. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the Most time. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yes. Yes. Okay, and last, attitude. Attitude. That's going to sound really cheesy, but gratitude, of course, rhymes with that, so it's kind of silly, but I think that should always be our attitude. If we can be thankful, being thankful for everything makes a difference for everybody. Mm -hmm. mm, okay, one more. Okay. Funny. Oh my. That would be my husband. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He makes me laugh a lot. Danny Bosch. That's yeah. funny. Okay, it's obvious Joni and I have a lot of fun talking together, laughing and seeing the humor in everything. But we do know how to be serious about our profession, but not take it seriously. Let me try to sum up what we talked about in this episode. Okay, Joni really did answer the question about how do experienced interpreters find that ongoing education that we need, continuing education points, development points, whatever you call them, that ongoing education to improve ourselves. Joni mentioned that we should challenge ourselves find things that challenge ourselves. And I would add to that by saying, even if we go to beginner workshops, 
we should participate in a way that helps us challenge our thoughts, challenge our way of doing things. You can add to the discussion. Your experience can broaden the minds of those in the workshop. Sharing your experience, telling why you do this beginning skill a certain way, or why you don't apply it in your everyday work. Sharing is a way for you to express in words what your experience is telling you. And by doing that, it works just as a teacher does. When you teach something, you learn more about it because now you're able to express it and you're starting to analyze what it is you actually do or what it is you have experienced. And being able to express it to someone else not only helps them learn, it helps you give meaning to that feeling that you have, that intuition that you have as an experienced interpreter. We need to remember that new interpreters, new presenters, need to know that we appreciate what they do, that we do learn from them. From Joni's example of Lillian Beard trying to go into a workshop and hearing that the presenter was a little scared to present in front of her. We need to take that to heart. Realize somehow we must show our appreciation to our colleagues, those experienced and especially those less experienced. We all learn from everyone. I know that I still feel like a baby interpreter sometimes. Sometimes I'm with colleagues who are more experienced than I am, or perhaps a little less experienced, but I still feel as though I am the one that has less skills, especially around Joni, who was my teacher, and many others who I've interviewed. So for those of you who are less experienced out there or just beginning in the profession, remember, we are in the same boat. We too have those days where we don't know what we're doing, or we feel afraid, unprepared. So share your thoughts with us. We will appreciate it. And we all need to remember that interpreting is not just about the words, about the message, but it's about everything else. It's about what people are going through, the struggles they're having, the barriers they're trying to cross, and we are in the middle of it. And we need to remember to make that decision whether or not we are the right interpreter for the job. And sometimes we need to remember that nothing, no interpreter is better than a bad interpreter or an interpreter who's having a really bad day. Sometimes it's best not to have the misinterpretation or the misinformation. Expectations from our clients and from interpreters have changed over the years and are still changing. As we develop as interpreters, as the rights of the communities we serve are being brought forward and improved and shown, expectations change with it. And therefore we must adjust and change to meet those needs, to meet those expectations and understand where they're coming from and how they might change in the future. And be grateful for this wonderful job that we have the wonderful people that we get to work with every day. <laughs> I know I'm grateful for Lillian Beard, Joni Bice, and everyone else that has come before me 
and for everyone that is coming today. All of you influence what we do and how we improve. So thank you. Next week, we have the last word with Joni Weiss. Until then, keep calm, keep interpreting with the bowl of ice cream next to you. I'll see you next week. Take care now. Mm-hmm.